so we got to shore up some of those things. Uh, but uh, overall, I'm, I'm really proud of our effort. I know we have a long, long way to go, um, but but we can certainly play much better than we played tonight. And uh, we talked about that in the locker room, and we're going to have to now. We're going to start conference play, and we're going to play a lot of competitive teams, but uh, I feel good about where we're at. Coach, it did take you a while to get to where you wanted to go. What did you sense about their demeanor at halftime that led to what the second half was like? Well, I just, uh, you know, we, we, I thought we were playing hard. I thought we were playing aggressively. Um, you know, we just, we just didn't, we didn't play consistently enough. And, uh, but I was proud in the third quarter, you know, some of the things we did offensively, um, you know, we just have some players that are special and when they get their hands on the ball, good things happen. And so we just got to continue to to put the ball in their hands and not let them make plays and do what they do. And and I think Braden has a lot of confidence in those guys. Um, but, you know, we we can certainly grow. I mean, we played four games and um, we're, we're still not really scratching the surface of what we're capable of as a team. And so, you know, we're just going to keep fighting to get that chemistry, um, you know, and the beginning of the day, I just I asked them to do two things, focus on the details and play with great energy. And when you play really hard and you focus on the the details of what you do, good things happen. And we certainly um, did that at times. We certainly didn't play with enough detail at times either. So we have a lot to work on. Um, you know, we got a lot to get better at. And uh but we still we did a lot of good things in a game that we needed to win and we won it. And um, that's a good thing. What's up, Ram Nation? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast. As always, I am your host, Justin Michael. Shout out to my guy, Frank Trimble, for this metalcore CSU intro. Meant to play this after the Middle Tennessee State victory last weekend and totally spaced it. But uh, we're starting the vibes out right because the Rams are 2-2 two two for the first time since 2017. It's been just a brutal half decade of opening months. And finally, going into the league slate, it feels like CSU has some potential to make a little bit of noise against the Mountain West. We obviously opened with some audio of Jay Norvell speaking post game there. He mentioned a couple of things that I wanted to hit on. Uh, but the big thing is that four games in this team, they're not even scratching the surface of what this group can be. I mean, they have the best offensive and defensive player in the conference, in my opinion, with Tori Horton and Mo Camara. We're starting to see some of these young guys really work into the mix. Dallin Holker, BFN, obviously on fire. And I'm just excited to see what this team can be moving forward. I mean, it's not a finished product. I Clearly, there's plenty to work on. They've got to cut back the penalties. That remains an issue. A lot of missed tackles in that first half. That was concerning. The way they struggled to defend the run, that was an issue. We'll get into all that. Some more takeaways from the game. But clearly, this team is so much better than they were a year ago. I think they have the right mentality. They battle and on a wonky night when they didn't necessarily have their A game, they were able to pull out a three-score victory. And I understand that this game was closer than it should have been for 
you know, the second and third quarter is definitely far too close for comfort. I'm sitting there being like, Oh God, is this, is this going to be another canvas collapse? Are they really going to blow another FCS game? I mean, it really was ugly there for a while defensively and offensively three turnovers in this one. They were all kind of frustrating though. They made more sense when you were able to hear the explanation post game, the, the first pick he's trying to hit Holker on a scramble situation, just doesn't put enough air under it. It would have been a touchdown if he hit him. I could see what he was trying to do live. Would have liked to see them take the points there, but it is kind of one of those situations where you just roll with the the highs and the lows. I mean, there are going to be mistakes. You are going to turn the ball over when you're throwing it as much as CSU is. The the good thing is that the Rams were able to respond. He's got a better ball security. You know, when he's trying to scramble away from pressure, gets stripped from behind. That's a, a young learning moment for a quarterback. And then on that last pick, he's trying to throw it away. At first, I thought he was trying to force it into triple coverage. And I'm sitting there scratching my head being like, what the hell are you doing? Uh, he's just got to put that in the stands. I mean, it, it happens. What's encouraging to me, though, is that he doesn't get discouraged. He's never scared of the moment. He comes right back and mounts three straight scoring drives to get the Rams the victory. I mean, when the game is there for the taking, when the lights have been brightest, BFN has really lived up to the moment. And I just think that there's a confidence that's radiating from the top down with this program. Now, when you have guys like BFN and Tori and Dallin Holker doing their thing offensively, Mo Camara on the defensive side, they just, they have a confidence. I mean, Mo said it post game They're They're a battle tested team. And I just, I don't remember the last time you could say that about a CSU squad. Doesn't mean that you're done. Doesn't mean the mission is accomplished. Again, there's still, plenty that they've got to clean up here over the next eight weeks, but you don't go from a losing culture to a powerhouse overnight. I know we want them to come out and just kill it every single week, but I think we kind of discount the the process at times, especially in the transfer portal area, ever era, excuse me, everybody wants the quick fix. But I mean, the reality is the best programs. And I mean, truly the best programs, the Georgias, the Michigans, the Alabamas of the world, they're still developed. They're programs that they build from the bottom up. And that takes time. It takes time. But when you have talent and you have the right mindset, the right mentality in your locker room, if you keep doing the right things, eventually the tide starts to turn. And we're in that process with CSU right now. Back-to-back weeks, they grind it out. They win games that I truly believe under the last two staffs, they probably find a way to lose. Becoming a winning program takes time. I go back to the gym analogy all the time. You know, you don't just show up in the gym and day one, you're barely lifting 10 pound dumbbells and expect to a month later be, you know, putting up 225 on the bench or something. It just, it doesn't work like that. And neither does building a a college football team. Anyways, we're going to get into it all on this podcast. I'm going to get into some more takeaways after rewatching the game. We're going to talk about some key a second half adjustments the Rams were able to make. I'm going to play some more post-game audio from uh, Braden Fowler and Nicolosi talking about the team's resilience, as well as the uh, the big play from Dallin Holker. Uh, Tori Horton chimed in on that as well. And then I'll also play some audio from Jay Norvell talking about this team's resilience. I just, I really do think that's a big factor with this squad right now. And with the progress that CSU is making as a program, they're flipping the culture. And they're finding ways to win ugly, which is just something that they haven't been able to do. How many times have I said this, but winning teams find a way to win when they don't have their A game. 
losing teams find a way to lose even when they do things well. And I think the the Sunday night football game tonight's a perfect example of it. The, the Jets should have beaten the Chiefs. They pretty much outplayed them in, in a lot of aspects. The Chiefs, even when they have a rough night, they just they find a way to win. And right now the Rams are finding ways to win, even when it's not perfect, even when they make mistakes and they stumble for, you know, a quarter or two. They're they're finding ways to grind it out. And that is just not something that CSU has been able to do very consistently over the last half decade. So I just think there's a lot to be encouraged about, even if it was ugly at times in this one. And and I also think you gotta factor in the the wonkiness of the night roughly 80 minutes of weather delays. I mean, you try and go to the gym, start your workout, you know, really get into it for like 25, 30 minutes, then come to a dead stop for an hour, go back out there for five more minutes, take 30 minutes off, go back out again. Do you think you're really going to perform at your peak? And to me, I, I, I really think it was impressive. The, the resilience that the Rams displayed in this one, they were able to kind of reset you know, talking to Chase Wilson, we'll get into this, but he said the the weather delays were almost kind of beneficial for them because they they were able to regroup and, and get in a better mindset after just some some execution errors in that first half. We'll get into all of it uh, real quick, though. Do have to shout out our partners, uh, starting with DraftKings Sportsbook. The NFL season is going strong. DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score $200 in bonus bets instantly. What's awesome is DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this month. Maybe you want to get a little Monday night football action in, you know, boost the the over-under set at 47 right now. Uh, Maybe you want to bet on... Seattle to, to pull out the, the road upset over a stumbling Giants team, or, you know, maybe you believe that the, the Giants are, are going to turn it around. Who knows? Whatever you're into, you have all kinds of options with DraftKings Sportsbook. Get in on the game day greatness. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Make sure you use that code DNVR when you sign up. New customers score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. Again, that code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8787-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 and up, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, see sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. I also want to shout out our friends over at Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all in price views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time has the guesswork out of buying tickets. It's really awesome. Super convenient. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All prices shown include the uh, fees and, and whatnot, so there's, there's nothing hidden. The total is straight up. 
take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time, download the app, create an account, use the code DNVR for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem DNVR for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Cool, cool, cool. Let's get into some of these takeaways after rewatching the game. I'll try not to be too repetitive from the yeah, DMVR Rams live that I did this morning. Uh, being completely honest, though, I was so exhausted. I, I can't even really remember everything I talked about. There, there were moments during that stream where I was just like, keep it together, man. Um, the, the passing offense continues to impress. I mean, they're number one in the Mountain West in total passing offense and passer efficiency, both by pretty substantial margins. Braden Fowler, Nicolosi, 26 of 32. 462 yards, the most by a freshman quarterback in program history, the third most by any quarterback in school history. He he completed 81% of his passes, had a QBR of 231.3, according to the stat broadcast here. The thing that's been really impressive to me about BFN has just been his composure, his ability to bounce back from the couple of mistakes he's had over the last couple of weeks. There haven't been a ton. I really have been impressed with his decision-making for being a red shirt freshman. There are going to be moments where, you know, like the Dallin Holker interception is, is a really good example of this, where it's frustrating because you know that you have a chance for three points there at the same time, though, BFN scrambling, finding Holker, who's now, you know, breaking towards the end zone in a scramble drill situation. He makes that play a lot of the time. And that's a big part of, what you like about him. He's so exciting. His ability to kind of pull something out of nothing. It's it's really been big for this team to operate out of structure. Obviously, you don't want him to try and do too much, but I think what's been pretty telling is Braden's been honest about that. He knows that he doesn't have to be Superman out there, and he's just doing a good job of when the, the play is there, he's just taking what the defense gives to him. He's getting his guys the ball in space, you know, putting the ball where it needs to be, giving them an opportunity to catch the ball and, and turn up field. And to the credit of Tory Horton and Dallin Holker and, and really all these guys, five different players with 15 or more yards after the catch in this one, they're taking advantage. They're, they're making the most of these chances. And I just really like where this offense is at right now. The fact that the Rams are executing on third down, about 46% of the time on the season. That's the 35th best mark in the country. That's night and day from what we saw a year ago. And I mean, Braden's decision-making has been really big there, you know, getting the ball to Dallin Holker in space and just allowing him to, you know, take the eight or nine yards that are available, getting to, to Torrey Horton on some of those crossers and letting him do the rest. I mean, it's a lot of fun to watch. The cool thing though, is that, it's not like he's a system quarterback out there, you know, just dinking and dunking and, and everybody around him is, is the reason that this works. I mean, Braden can rip it. That throw he had to Dallin Holker where Holker obviously makes a great play in the open field, taking it for the touchdown early in the fourth quarter to put CSU up at uh, two scores. Really felt like that was a big play. I mean, he ripped the hell out of that. That's a tough throw to the far sideline. And he put it exactly where it needed to be. The DP couldn't reach it. Dallin's able to catch it, turn up field. I mean, it's it's perfect execution. I thought it was going to get jumped. And he, he's just able to get enough velocity on that ball to, to put it where only Dallin's able to get it. He had a throw to Dylan Goffney up the seam for about 41 yards. That was really impressive as well. 
actually one of those situations where I'm going like, no, no, no. Cause Tory Horton was wide open underneath and, and I thought he was trying to do too much, but then you see a, you know, a wide open Goffney he hits him in stride for the big play. And you just kind of recognize like this quarterback is, is in control. He has a firm understand of what they are trying to accomplish offensively. Does that mean it's going to be perfect every time? No, but far more times than not, they're able to sustain drives and put points on the board right now, which is just a, a stark difference from what we saw from this team last year. And, and frankly, even the two years before that, I think you got to go all the way back to 2019 early on in the non-conference late. The offense was rolling pretty well. And other than that, you probably got to go back to like late 2016 and, and 2017 with Nick Stevens, where the offense was really rolling. And, you know, that offense was good, but th- this team's ceiling is higher than that, than that group. In my opinion, frankly, with all due respect that any receiver that's come through and I think I always held kind of Michael Gallup as that number one. I know Higgins' numbers are a little bit better. Gallup can just do some things that I think physically some of those other guys couldn't. Um, and, and that's no disrespect to any of them. But I think Tory might be the best wide receiver that's come through. And it's been a pretty proud lineage. So that that's saying something. I think Braden has more raw arm talent and athleticism than Stevens. Stevens was more of a system quarterback. He executed it to perfection. And that was a lot of fun to watch too, but he wasn't able to operate outside of structure the way that Braden can. You know, I I just think this team can be nasty if they really get it going and find some consistency here, especially with the way that the offensive line is holding up. They didn't allow any sacks in this one, only four tackles for loss. And that's while missing your top two running backs. I mean, we we wanted to see the offensive line be moderately better. It, it's day and night. I mean, you got to credit BFN for getting rid of the football too. I do think there were instances last year where Clay probably held on a little bit too long and maybe we piled some of the blame unfairly in, into the group up front. I mean, you got to be decisive. You got to get rid of the ball. We're seeing that and the big difference that it makes this year. But still, to, to go from allowing 25 sacks over the first four games last year to just five sacks allowed through the first four games this year. And three of those were instances where the quarterback ran out of bounds behind the line of scrimmage. It's not like they got blown up or something. I mean, that just tip of the cap to Billy best to Jane Orvell for this staff for going out and finding four quality pieces. I mean, these are guys that played at lower levels that, that that's, that's a huge Testament to your scouting and development that you're able to find these guys and get them to translate. Along with the big boys, uh, I want to shout out Van Shield, walk-on running back. I touched on this a little bit, but he was crucial on two scoring drives in this one, both of which ended with rushing touchdowns, one by him, one by Braden Fowler-Nicolosi. Actually, CSU's first rushing touchdowns of the year are currently tied with Hawaii for a dead last in the league. Uh, The benefit, as I've written on a couple of instances now, is that with that short passing game, the crossers, quick slants, bubble screens, stuff like that. It essentially acts as an extension of the run game when you're in an air raid offense. And the Rams are, are really killing it in that area this year, which is another area they, they struggled significantly last year. So it's great to see uh, Van Shield. They needed him. He's a guy who earned his opportunity. I was happy that he got the start. They didn't give him a ton of carries in this one, which not shocking. I mean, they're trying to put their best athletes on the field. And with all due respect to Van, again, he's a workhorse. I think he runs hard. I have zero issues with that, with him being out there because you trust him in pass pro. He's going to run hard. 
but because he isn't quite as fast as, you know, those receivers or even the other backs, there are instances where instead of, you know, going for 10 plus, you know, maybe he only gets three or four because the defender's able to get him from behind. But that's not the point of this. I'm not trying to nitpick him because I actually thought Van Shield played really well on that fifth offensive drive CSU had, which ended with the four yard uh, rushing touchdown by BFN. It was set up by what you were able to do with Van Shield earlier on that drive. First carry goes up the gut for 11, then goes up the gut for five swing pass to Van Shield for nine. That's the first three plays of the series. Then you come right back to Van Shield up the gut for five. Then they hit Goffney up the seam for 41 because the defense is drawn in because you're finally able to establish the run. After that, you go play action. Everybody crashes in the middle. BFN keeper scampers untouched into the end zone for four. Again, though, those early runs, that success you had with Van Shield early on in the drive, that's what set it up. Then in that second half, you know, the Rams go three and out on their first possession. The second drive ends with uh, interception. He's trying to throw the ball out of bounds. Instead, doesn't get enough on it. Ends up being a pick. Just, you know, a learning moment. But CSU comes back on their next drive and they're able to go seven plays, 40 yards. Uh, Ends with a two-yard touchdown by Van Shield. He had a couple of more big runs on that one. Also, Holker, 27-yard gain uh, on a crosser, I believe, gets tackled at the two. Van Shield just made the most of his opportunities. And for a walk-on, a guy who stepped up big in the spring game, had four touchdowns in the spring game, ran with the ones when the Rams didn't have any healthy scholarship backs. I thought it was a neat moment that he was able to uh, be the primary in this game. Obviously, you want to see more of Damian Henderson moving forward. You see that explosiveness, his burst. He has uh, showed it on a couple of runs there before he unfortunately went down. I don't have an update there. I imagine we'll find out more tomorrow. Jay Norvell has his weekly press conference on Monday. We'll see what he says there, I guess. Um, I don't want to speculate. We'll just have to see. But I did want to make sure I gave Van Shield some love on the pod. Uh, Flipping things over to the defense. Definitely discouraging how they defended the run in that first half, five and a half yards, a pop uh, over a hundred yards on the ground. A lot of missed tackles. Didn't feel like the focus was there. Uh, There were some instances where guys weren't disciplined with their lanes. It's something they can improve on. And frankly, I'm just, I'm not going to panic mostly because they, they were great against Washington state. They were great against CU defending the run. They were really solid in that second half against middle Tennessee state. And they did adjust well in this one as well. I were able to more consistently contain um, that Utah tech rushing offense, which probably caught CSU off guard a little bit. It's not really what they're known for, but definitely an area where the Rams need to be better moving forward. I'd say my biggest concern defensively has been the lapses in pass coverage. Uh, Chiggy's been solid. They really don't throw it in. I guess he did get called for, for PI in this one, but we do need more from the other corners from, Uh, The nickel Aiden Hector's had a rough year uh, in terms of coverage, at least Howell's gotten beat a little bit more this year than he did last year. And and, I mean, I believe in these guys. I really do think they have talent in the secondary. You are going to get beat at times. We just need to see a little bit more consistency from that group. I think we'll see more and more young guys in the rotation. They're really high on TJ Crandall, Jalen Gardner, Uh, both players we've heard get, um, A lot of love from the staff and players throughout practice. Norvell highlighted both of those guys. They saw significant time uh, defensive end. Kennedy McDowell's getting a lot of run as well. That's all great. I mean, if you believe in those guys, if they're earning, 
the opportunity to play. Let, let's get them on the field. I just want to see more consistency from that secondary. They got to shore up and prevent some of these lapses that they're having. There've been some missed tackles here or there uh, in a couple of games. Just got to clean it up, clean it up all together. It, it feels very similar to last year. And again, this is something I talked about this morning, so I don't want to get too repetitive, but you could see the defense flash in spurts in non-conference play last year. And then they really came together over those final eight weeks. It, it's certainly possible they do that once again. Obviously, with the preseason expectations that we had, the fact that they haven't quite lived up to it, that's you know kind of a bummer. But I mean, they are number three in the Mountain West in total team defense. Like they they really aren't in a bad spot. Like going into the league, and I think with the talent you have in that defensive line. Mo Kamara, another awesome game. Newer Gatkuth really coming to life, which has been awesome to see. He's, I mean, he's got a ton of length, really explosive off the, off the snap there. I just, I'm not panicking. That's all I'm saying. It needs to be better. It needs to be a lot better and more consistent, but they do flash. Um, and frankly, you can have a bend, don't break defense if you're creating turnovers and you have an offense like CSU does. As far as special teams go, I was Ashton Wolf kicking out there. Jordan Noyes pulled a muscle in practice. We'll see what happens. Certainly hope to have Noyes uh, for that Utah State game, but I mean, probably beneficial to get Wolf some experience as well. You never know what could happen. Wolf, more or less, pretty solid in this one. Did miss one extra point, which, you know, you, you don't want to have that consistently. Didn't get an opportunity to see him kick a field goal. Um, you know, turnovers, you know, only three of six in the red zone, too many penalties, still 80 plus yards of penalties. They're the most penalized team in the league. These are things to keep an eye on moving forward, but I really am encouraged by the direction of the program. You're two and two for the first time since 2017. And uh, this is a battle tested unit that they, they fight, they adjust. And then that's what we're going to talk about here in a second. Some of the, the second half adjustments then we'll wrap up with some player audio. Again, going to get uh, BFN talking about this team's resilience. We're going to get Jay Norvell talking about this team's resilience as well. But shout out to FOCO, leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. They have the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. FOCO always has our back for Colorado sports. They'll have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description for all non-presale items. Use the promo code DNVR for 10% off your order. Of course, we also have to acknowledge our partners over at Breckenridge Brewery. You know we love our Breck brews at DNVR, and that's because they have a beer for any occasion. No better way to watch a game than having an ice-cold Breck brew. They've been doing it for 33 years. It all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. One of my personal favorites, the Mountain Beach Sour. They just nailed it. The perfect amount of sweetness, the perfect amount of tartness. Really crisp. It's good by itself. It goes good with a burger, pizza, you name it. Check out the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com. Find a brew near you. Also hit up the Breck Farmhouse in Littleton. They have Broncos watch parties every Sunday. Great spot to uh, catch a game, especially if you live on the south side of town there. Breckenridge Brewery, the best in the biz. Finally, I got to talk to you guys about Shady Rays. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company, but they make gear that's just as good as any expensive pair, durable frames, extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. What's awesome about Shady Rays is they offer the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every single pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. What that means, if you lose or break your pair, even day one, they can send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. 
You can shop the entire collection at the brand new location in the Park Meadows Mall. Full stop shop for all things Shady Rays. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or just return them for free within 30 days. Again, no risk when you shop. They always have your back exclusively for our listeners. Shady Rays giving out the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code DNVR. Get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. All right. One of the things that stood out to me in the post game presser was just Mo Camara and Chase Wilson talking about the players using the weather delay to essentially regroup. The effort wasn't stellar over the, the first 30 minutes. A lot of missed tackles, lane discipline or gap discipline. Not great guys, you know, leaving their rushing lanes in the second half. They did a lot better. You know, you give up 17 points in that first half, give up 231 total yards. Flip that to the second half, only three points allowed, only 118 yards after allowing five and a half yards of carry in that first half. They cut it down to 3.1, much more respectable in the second half. Only 37 rush yards after giving up 127 over those first 30 minutes. Definitely big. But to me, the biggest difference was third down defense, which is something that Freddie Banks has shown pretty consistently throughout his career. He's able to kind of figure out how teams are burning him and adjust in that first half, Utah Tech, six of nine, 67% on third down. And a lot of those were like third and medium situations. So it felt kind of like Washington State, where it was really frustrating. You're getting stops on first and second down. And then third and eight, you're giving up 13. A lot of off coverage um, and instances that were uh, a little surprising to me. But in that second half, you hold them to just one of seven on third down, 14% significantly better. And it was a huge factor in the game. I mean, they weren't able to sustain drives in that second half, the way that they were in the first. And you got to credit that Rams defense and Freddie banks for finding a way to get it done, to buckle down and to get off the damn field, man. I mean, Utah tech dominated time of possession in that first half. The numbers are really weird. Cause you look at it and CSU averaged almost twice as many yards per play. So I guess it kind of makes sense because you're covering more ground uh, more efficiently you know, with the chunk plays, but they had 19 minutes and 18 seconds of possession in that first half compared to 1042 for CSU. I think some of it was the defense was getting, you know, kind of just tired in the second half. It's more 50, 50. They still do win time of possession, 1501, but it's 1501 to 1459. So basically right down the middle. And that's again, while still averaging, you know, twice as many yards per play as Utah tech, I just think that ability to make second half adjustments is going to be really big, especially in in tight conference games. And you've up 13 first downs in that first half, six on the ground, five through the air. You give up five total first downs in the second half, only one on the ground, three through the air. It was just so much better. It was night and day. It was really what you hope to see, you know, in the second and third quarter was, was kind of what you saw in that fourth quarter. And, I don't know, maybe the, the second half of the third quarter or so. Toughness, man. This team's got it. They're a resilient bunch. They're battle-tested. And uh, we're going to leave you here with some audio of BFN talking about that, talking about Dallin Holker as well. And uh, then I'll play Jay Norvell talking about this team's resilience and uh, just kind of the mentality that they're displaying through these first four weeks. Uh, shout out to everybody for continuing to support the content. We'll be back with plenty of new stuff throughout the week. Uh, much love, y'all. Always proud to be enjoy uh, the, the post game audio and uh, we'll be back over these next couple of days.
Braden, what does it say about this team's toughness and resilience that basically two weeks in a row you guys are able to grind out, you know, pretty victories when you guys didn't necessarily have your A game the entire game? I, I mean, I think it just speaks to our consistency. Like, it speaks to how much work we put in practice every day um, throughout the week prepping for the game and it shows on Saturday like the the big mistakes we make and then we pop right back and then we're back to being consistent. I think it's a big testament to how much work we put into it. Were you surprised at all that Dallin scored on that play? Just admit that he broke four tackles on it. No. You were surprised? He's down. I was about to say, yeah, I was surprised. I, I met him in the end zone. I was tired. And then I seen that ball get in his hands. I was like, that's touchdown. And then he had a lot of open field. I'm like, that's not an average tight end. He's going to make someone miss. So that's that's why I kind of jumped on him when we got into the end zone, you know. And that's just something that we always talk about in the locker. Like, he he think he could make people miss more than me. So we, we kind of argue about that a lot. Do you think teams are kind of underestimating him? Because it's like a weekly thing now where he's just ripping these big plays. I hope they do. It's going to make it easier for us. Yeah. I, I really hope they just keep underestimating them. they like, oh, it's just a bad play. Okay, yeah, I, I want them to keep thinking that because he's actually a great tight end and and he makes people look foolish out there. And that's what we like. Jay, what does it say about this team's uh, resilience or toughness that basically two weeks in a row maybe don't necessarily have the A game in the first half but come out and, you know, pretty – I think we're a work in progress. I really do. I mean, I think I think we have some good players. I think we haven't played a complete game together yet. Um, and we're going to keep pushing until we get that. But I also think we have guys that have confidence in, in each other and they can see that they have they have talent. And and so they know if we do certain things, we're going to get good results. And so you know, this game really isn't complicated. Uh, you have to be relentless at doing your job and doing it well. And we have to do that consistently. And, and, and it really comes down to the way you prepare. If you prepare a certain way and, and uh, you prepare yourself to play with detail, um, you're going to get good results on Saturday. And, and that's what we have to do. We have to get in a habit of, preparing a certain way with detail and then go out and performing that way on Saturdays. How important is that confidence, though, knowing you haven't played two perfect games the last two weeks, but you've got wins, now you head into conference? No, I think it's very, I think it's very important. And, and you know, a guy like Braden, you know, he, his, his mistakes are easily pointed out. You know, he underthrew a ball on a scramble, which should have been a touchdown to Dallin. And then he th should have threw one out in the third row of the stands and he, and he left it in play. I mean, those are very correctable. And, uh, but he did a lot right. You know, um, I mean, we don't score all those points if Braden doesn't execute in a passing game. So we have to build on the positive things and eliminate the mistakes and, um, and keep improving as a team.